I don't know whether y'all noticed that or not, but last year you almost gave $1 million. We'll just throw you that challenge out there and let's hit it this year. It's coming up here. Amen. But you know what? We tithed over 20% of it. We gave it away. Now, you know, there's a lot of guest speakers that love you. You know, it's funny when they, you have them in and a month later they say, can I come back? And you go, next year. Amen. Y'all are good people. Amen. Y'all are good people. Jesus is Lord. You know, we have a lot to do. They have a lot more that we're doing. And anyway, today we're kind of, it's the big day, Christmas. Come on. And, um, well, tomorrow's Christmas anyway, Christmas Eve. But we're going to have a good service. But we do take up offerings here. So if you are a visitor, let me warn you. We talk about money in this church. Not for us, for you. Now, granted, you're a giver. We understand that. Now, why do we do that? Why do we talk about money? Because the Bible does. Satan doesn't want you to have a dime because a good man with money is dangerous. He would rather it all stay in Washington. You can take what you can do anything you want to with that. Amen. You see, nobody's ever said anything about building a fancy honky tonk. Nobody's ever talked about how much money they spent at Disney when they don't know the difference between a boy and a girl. <clears throat> Nobody ever talks about all of the houses down on, um, on in, for, in Naples on the river where that costs like 20, 30, 40 million each, and there's like 30 miles of them. Nobody ever says anything. When you talk about it in church, someone will have a... Okay. But the earth... <laughs> is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. I'm going to give you a little yeah. skinny. Yeah. It's his gold. Yes, amen. It's his silver. It's his water. It's his apples and oranges. It's his anyway. And he made you and I stewards of his wealth. That means that you and I get to sit back and look at our paycheck and go, Father, what do you want me to do with this? Now, I'm going to say something. I'm going to warn you about God. He notices when you give. Yeah, he sat in the temple one time and sat on a chair and watched people come in and give. He's probably sitting right here right now. He just... He does do that. I, I went into Canon the other day to buy me a coffee. And when I did, I gathered up all the kids in there, and I gave all of them a Whopper tip. They were freaking out. And I looked at them, and I said, what's Luke 6.38? And, and all of them are Christians, and none of them could tell me what it said. I said, well, I'm being very selfish right now, giving you money. I'm doing this to get a return. Because Luke 6.38 says, given it shall be given good measure for us down shaking together. See, God is slippery. He makes the way he blesses you to the world nuts. He uses your giving to give back. He uses your bucket, your wheelbarrow, your truck. He uses whatever you give and me too. So if you come to this church and you're a visitor, we'll warn you. If you come back, we'll talk about it again next Sunday. Not the whole service, but we'll spend a few minutes talking about money. Because you need it to get the gospel out. You need it to get the word out. Amen? So let's pray over your, your offerings today and, and ask God to bless them. And Father God, thank you for the chance to sow into your kingdom. Thank you for the money that came in last year to do all that we were able to do. We've got books of Mark Hankins we bought and paid for all over the earth. Mary Friend's been all over the earth and preaching the gospel, and Kevin and Annie Duran all over the earth preaching the gospel, and we've, and we've sowed into them. Not only that, but teenagers who've been born again, children who've been born again, kids in school that are born again. 
and all because of the giving of this church. And Father, we're going to increase that. We're not, we're not going to stay where we are. And we give you the glory and honor for the best year that's ahead of us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read Lioness's answer to Charlie Brown on what is Christmas. I don't know whether you guys watch those, those videos or not, but some of them are classics. Now, I don't need to tell you this, and everybody in the church knows which one's my favorite, The Grinch. It reminds me of somebody that I know who got saved. Amen. Amen. And we'll go over that in a minute. This is a good time of the year, and it's, it's a fun time of the year to preach. But I, I'm going to do something this morning. I'm going to answer a question that a lot of people are asking. They don't know. They don't think about this. Why Christmas? You might think, Jesus. Well, I grew up stringing popcorn on a tree. How many of y'all strung popcorn on a tree? My sisters hung icicles on the tree, one by one. I had no tolerance for one icicle at a time. You get back and you sling them at the tree and let it land where they land. Two things happened that day. They ran me out of the living room, which meant I didn't have to decorate the tree. And then I went in the kitchen and ate all the cookies. Anyway, but you know, during Christmas growing up, even though we all love traditional Christmas, I didn't have any idea what it was about. If you'd asked me, I'd have said, well, Jesus was born in a manger. Well, I wasn't a Christian. I didn't get saved at Christmas. I didn't under, I, none of it made any sense to me. Many people right now celebrate Christmas, and at the end of the day, I don't have any idea what they just did. Now that's, we're going to talk about that right now. We're going to get into this. So what is it, and why do we do this? And you'd be quite pleasantly surprised at the end of the service at what this all means anyway. So anyway, having said that, go to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Know there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. It wasn't December. Hate to pop your bum. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Now, we heard Linus tell us this. Charlie Brown, what, ask him, what is Christmas all about? And, and, and he laid his blanket down, and we all heard him tell it. And, and it was a wonderful Christmas story. Amen. Amen. Now, when you, when you read this, there's people who today say, but there isn't peace on earth. There isn't goodwill toward men. What happened? Well, he wasn't talking about the earth. He's talking about the hearts of men. So something happened Christmas that we rarely ever talk about. And that is the incarnation of God. Now see, do you even know what an incarnation is? It is when God becomes human. A human takes on deity. And only one man ever did it. Well, back then. And you don't realize this, but that's what we are celebrating today. So I want you to do something with me. I want you to go to the book of Job, chapter 9. We're going to do a little studying, and then I want to I tell you a little bit of a story. Right after I got born again, I, I was being really spiritual. And I was listening to different men of God preach. 
I listened to Copeland preach and Hagen preach and Charles Capps preach and different men. And they all seemed to have a niche. Brother Kenneth Hagen preached faith, Copeland preached prosperity, and T.L. Osborne preached healing and preached the lost. It, it just seemed like everybody had something they preached. So I got real spiritual on God, and I asked him, give me something to preach. And he ignored me for about a week, but I didn't let up. I'm not leaving him alone until I get a special sermon. And then I would be special. At least I thought I would be. So finally, after aggravating him for a while, he he finally said to me, you really want me to give you a message? I said, yes. He said, what if I gave you the greatest message? I went, yeah. That would be cool. He said, okay, get a pencil and paper and write. And I sat down on the couch and, I, and he started off, he said, Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, born in a manger and walked the earth as a man, died on the cross, rose from the dead, and sat down at the right hand of God. And I hadn't started writing yet. And he said, he stopped. I said, go. He said, that's it. And I went, oh, I know that. And he said, no, you do not. Go learn what that means. I have spent over 40 years on one subject. And I'm just now scratching the surface. Not realizing how many people don't know this. I was watching a, 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 one of those out-of-the-body experiences. Y'all, y'all know those things on YouTube where people die, and they come back, and they tell you what it was like. And, and this was a Southern Baptist preacher who had died of a heart attack, stood before the gates of heaven and talked to God, and God sent him back, and then he died again, and he went back, and it was a long story, but it was kind of interesting, the how, how God showed him about devils and demons and all the stuff he never learned in Bible school. And he finally learned it. And, 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 he's, and, he's, and, and he's talking. Now, hold on a minute. I just, just lost my train of thought. Now, what was I talking about? Huh? What was it? I'm just trying to, I'm checking on you. Huh? So this Baptist preacher doesn't know anything. But when he was there for 15 minutes, I'm just checking to see if they know. He was there, he was out of body 15 minutes. He said in a 15 minute time, 50 people came to heaven. In the 50s. 1950s. This is in the 50s. From the whole earth. He said an average of two and a half percent of the people on the earth make heaven. And I'm like, that's not a real good number. That should concern you. See, I want you to look around the room right now. This is a lot of Christians. There may not be as many as you think in this city. Just a thought. I would like to think there was more at least 10%. But whatever it is, The vast majority of the people on the earth right now have no idea what Christmas is all about. No, you know what it's about. They they know about Jesus. They know about the manger. They know about Santa Claus. They know a lot of stuff. So what actually happened? What actually did happen? Let's go. You ready? Job 9.25. And I'm going to read a story to you about Job And Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Job was written, Moses wrote the rest of the books, but Job was written uh, probably a cousin of Abraham way hundreds of years before the the Genesis was written. Before anything was written, Job was written. And think about this for a minute. He's fixing to write, and he's he's talking about Job here, and he's going to make a statement about his life. Now, I'm going to read... 
And as I read, I'm going to elaborate on what he's talking about. Now, my days are swifter than a runner. Verse 25, they flee away. They see no good. They pass by like swift ships, like an eagle swooping on its prey. If I say I'll forget my complaint, I will put off my sad face and I will wear a smile. Job is depressed. Job has become an old man and he's laying in his tent. And you know what he's thinking about? I'm fixing to die. I am about to die and meet God and I'm damned and there's nothing I can do about it. That's depressing. That's hopelessness. How would you like how would you like to know today that you're sitting here in church and when you die, you know you're going to hell and nothing you can do about it. Now that 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 would be very difficult for you to have a good day. I mean, it wouldn't matter what else you did, what you got for Christmas. It wouldn't matter how much money you had. It wouldn't matter the car you drove. It wouldn't matter how much food's in your refrigerator. You, that's depressing. Yes. But yet for 4,000 years, for 4,000 years, people went to bed knowing they were damned. Boo, y'all got quiet on me. You see, you don't understand Christmas morning if you don't understand the damnation that was in the earth, the hopelessness that was in the earth. Now, let me finish reading Job here because this this is very powerful. I got to bury you a little bit before you get some joy. See, you don't even know what you got until you know what you lost. I mean, you got to know where you came from, baby. You got to know how bad it was. Anyway. If I say I'll forget my complaint, I'll take, I'll take my sad face. I'm going to wear me a smile. I am afraid of my sufferings. I know you will not hold me innocent. I am a condemned. Why then do I even labor in vain? If I washed myself with snow and I cleansed my hands with soap, yet you will plunge me to the pit. Even my clothes abhor me. Say hopeless. This is, I mean, he's, this is true though. This is an unsaved man knowing he's fixing to die without God. And here's what's wrong with it. He has no access to him. Now listen to what he says. For he, God, is not a man as I am that I could answer him, and that we could go to court together. Where would you get a lawyer? Nor is there a mediator between us who could lay his hand on us both. Let him take his rod from me, and do not let the dread of him terrify me. And I would speak, and I would not fear him. But it's not so with me. Say hopeless. He said, I, if I could just get a mediator who could stand between God and me, that would have to be a man that was righteous, not born of Adam. It would have to be someone that had the blood of God flowing in his veins. It would not only have to be a man full of God, it had to be God Almighty himself because the only one that can approach God is God. God. No man can approach God. He said, but if I had a mediator, a man. Now, aren't you glad you're not Job? I want to read one more scripture to you because y'all got an awfully quiet and, 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 and you're not quiet because you're not excited, you're, but you're, you're thinking. So go to Ephesians 2. Go to Ephesians 2. I'm coming back to Job here in a little while, so if you want to hold your place. Go to Ephesians 2. 
You see, a lot of times you're not excited about what you have because you don't know what you have. And nobody wants water when there's a hurricane going on. <laughs> when you're in a desert, you miss some powerful stuff. Anyway, in Ephesians 2, 14, no, no, 12, what did I say here? 11, 11. Therefore, remember that you were once a Gentile in the flesh who was called uncircumcision that was, that, and what is called circumcision made with the flesh by hands. And at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise and having no hope and without God. Jesus made a powerful statement. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. Nobody gets to God without me. What about the Muslims? Nope. What about the Buddhists? Nope. What about the college educated? Certainly not. Well, that's quite a statement. Without him, hopelessness. We're in a world right now where people will wake up after Christmas and they'll still be hopeless. I'm, I'm going to drive a point home today. You have a gift you ain't celebrating. That's more than anything under the tree. All right. I, I went ahead of myself there. I had to, they were looking depressed. So what is Christmas? Go to Isaiah 9. Isaiah. Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9. So who is this mediator? Well, we all know it's Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6 for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David, he will establish it, his judgment and justice from this time and forever. I want to read another scripture, and I want you to pop it up on the screen. Put 1 John chapter 1 up there, verse 1. I want to show you something about Jesus. Jesus, what makes him so different? He's God. He's very God. No one has ever been born in the manger that could say he somebody I was listening to C.S. Lewis last night and he made a statement he said he's either a lunatic or he's who he says he is because you don't run you can't call him a good man if he's telling people he's God okay pop, pop it back up there I appreciate you changing my scripture for me but put it back In the beginning was the Word. It went away again. Come back. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Go to the next one. And he was in the beginning with God. So where, how long has he been around? Forever. Jesus didn't just show up in the manger. Jesus did. As a man, but he's always been around. Amen. Now, go, let's go to another scripture here because I, I need to prove something for a minute. John 6, 41. John 6, 41. Pop that up on the screen a minute. And the Jews complained and said, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? No, whose father and mother we know. How is it that he says, I've come down from heaven? Where did he come from? Heaven. Okay, now 
That's very important because that was highly contested. Now, if he is who he says he is, we should pay attention to what he says. This is the single most important event in history up until this day. God Almighty being born of a woman. Every, uh, what is it, uh, Roman, what is it, um, Roman, um, the, all of the Hercules and Zeus, and Greek mythology. All, all mythology has God coming back to, and being with man. And man hooking back up and becoming God. All, all mythology craves the day that a God and a man could become one person. They all, everybody knows it. Everyone on the earth that's human knows we were sons of God in the garden. Now, now as your school teacher told you, you came from a monkey. She did. But you didn't. I told my teacher that one time. I said, well, you did. I did not. And she got mad at me. I thought, well, why don't you get mad at me? I just told you that you just... I just told you what you said about yourself was true. She didn't like me calling her a monkey. She called herself a monkey. That's about dumb. Okay, excuse me. We we were watching the Tarzan thing one day, a little a little cartoon. God, how, why in the world do we want to go back and think we came from? It takes more faith to to believe that than the Bible, because. You know, they said, well, there was a bang. Who's, who said bang? <laughs> I mean, who made the water and the mud and the bat? Someone said bang, and I, the Genesis said God said bang. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, I don't hope I didn't lose you. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do one more. John 17, 5. <clears throat> And Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So we understand that Jesus is very God. Okay. But now let's look at another side. Philippians 2. Did you know that he's also man? Did you know that? He's also 100% human. He's not 50% human. He's 100% human. Now, why is that? Why did God need to do this? Because the only person that could get you and I out of our mess had to be a human. And he couldn't have been born from Adam. He had to have been born not through the bloodline of the, of the race that was on the earth that was in sin and under Satan. There had to have been a man born that was 100% man, but not Satan and death ruled. Now, had Jesus not gone to the cross, he'd still be walking around. Well, now y'all are thinking like, yeah. He wasn't death ruled and he wasn't Satan. Satan wasn't his master, but yet he was man. Now, now we're going to read why that is in a minute. Because being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Look at verse 7. But made himself no reputation, took the form of a bondservant, and came in the likeness of men. He left all deity behind. He did nothing on the earth as God. He did it as a man anointed. He whipped Satan as a man. He had, and listen, listen, because I'm going to blow your little minds a little bit right now. This is going to cause y'all to think all week. God can't die, but Jesus did. Wow. 
Hold on a minute. Let's, let's do another one. God can't sin. He can't even be tempted. But Jesus was tempted. So if he's God, how is it he was tempted? Because he left all deity behind and walked the earth as a man. Now, why did he do this? Why did he do this? Because he had to come and redeem you who were lost. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay, I'm way ahead of myself. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. See, y'all are, you, 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 you visitors, I like y'all. Y'all can come back. You're pulling on me like, 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 like a Raptor truck trying to pull a Toyota. That's what I said. Genesis 3. Genesis 3. Okay. Are y'all enjoying this? This is probably one of the craziest Christmas sermons y'all have ever heard in your life. But we're going to figure out what Charlie and Linus really meant. What in the world about this day that is so awesome? Anyway. Genesis 3.15. And I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, talking to Satan. And between your seed and her seed, uh, women don't have seeds. The man has the seed. The woman has the egg. So how is it we have a woman here that has a seed? Because God had to get into the earth through humanity. And he had to have been born of a woman who's never had sex with a man or it would have messed the whole thing up. So he had to have been born. In other words, God had to be his daddy. But Mary had to be his mother. And that would make him incarnate a God man. Okay, now we all now, now we can go back and think of all the stories we've seen where Jesus at the age of 30 steps up and runs around town healing everybody, raising the dead, walking around on top of water, and everybody's going like, 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 like who are you? Uh, just a man born of God? And, and they're like, well, you are like wild. Like storms, oh no, tell, shut up. Devil's tongue come out. And then they went, who are you? And he went, wow, y'all can't figure this out. We still have people can't figure that out. But he's not like anybody else that ever lived. But he did it all in his humanity to prove man can do it. All right. Now, y'all are wanting the punchline. And I got to go there. Page two. Job 33. Go back to Job. Oh, I got to find it now. Yeah, what page is it? Y'all get anything? 33.19. Man is also chastened with pain on his bed and with strong pain in many of his bones so that his life abhors bread and his soul succulent food. His flesh wastes away from sight and his bones stick out where they once were seen, and his soul draws near to the pit to the life of the executioners. If there is a messenger for him, a mediator, one among a thousand, is there? 
Is there a mediator between God and man? Listen to what Jesus did. When he went to the cross, he didn't go because of his sin. He went because of ours. And the Bible says God has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And as God and as man perfect, he could have and, and God could lay on him all of your sin and all of my sin. And then when he went into the region of the damned, and he was down there for three days and three nights until God said, it's enough. And your sin was paid. When he rose from the dead and stepped out of that tomb, as, as, and his name is Jesus, the name of a man, not the name of God, the name of a man, that in the name Jesus, we have access back in to the very throne of God. And though I am a man lost in sin, I need a mediator who is a man that I can reach out and he can get me by my my hand and then he can turn around and grab the hand of God because he is almighty God I couldn't get back to God but Jesus can get back to God and God couldn't come to me but Jesus could come to me and he reached his hand out got a hold of me and bridged the gap and became the mediator Job did not have. What is the gift you have? Hope. You sit here and you are not hopeless. What is Christmas? Light has come. Emmanuel, God with us. It gets better. I'm just getting started. I'm going to read the rest of this. I want you to, I want, I want you. <laughs> if there is a messenger for him, a mediator, one among a thousand, to show man his uprightness, then he is gracious to him and says, God is talking. Deliver him from the pit. I have found a ransom. You can go to God and say, yeah, but I've sinned. Yeah, but I found a ransom. I'm, I'm just starting to read. Y'all just, Job gets out, you know, later on people go, what's the book of Job about? This is, this is what the book of Job is about. Redemption. His flesh shall be like a child's. He shall return to the days of his youth. He will pray and he will delight in him. And he will see his face with joy for he restores man his righteousness. He looks at man and says, I have sinned. I perverted what was right. It didn't profit me. And he will redeem his soul from going to the pit. And his life will see the light. Behold, God works all these things. Twice, in fact, three times with a man to bring his soul back from the pit. How many times since you've been a Christian have you screwed up? <laughs> Don't say it out loud. But the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, forever making intercession for you and I, that when you miss it, you got a male, a man, a human representative seated at the right hand of God that you can go through and in his name and faith in his name, you can be made righteous. Now, he was just talking about a guy that was dying of sickness. But what did he say? I found me a ransom. What did Jesus say to the man that was, he said, your sins are forgiven you. Let me tell you, the biggest issue with sickness is you're struggling with your sin. You know you messed up. 
That's why you want Benny Hinn to do your praying for you. Get Benny Hinn to pray for me. Because you want someone more righteous than you. You can't get anybody more righteous than Jesus. And he's praying for you right now at the right hand of God. You can't get anybody more righteous than that. And when he starts praying for you, you're coming out of it. And he turns to his father and said, I've accepted. They're washed in my blood. And we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our time. Now, one more scripture before we get you out of here. See, I'm going to get you out early so you can go Christmas shopping. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I'm not done yet. Did you know that there is another incarnation in the Bible? You know who it is? It's you. Now, now if, you came, if you came from a denominational church, I'm going to smoke your mind right now. Just, I'm going to mess you up. You're going to get so happy, you're not going to know what to do with yourself. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new species that never existed before. All of the old passed away, and everything in your life has become new. Jesus is called the firstborn from the dead. That means there's a secondborn and a thirdborn and a fifthborn and a five millionth, 142th born. I don't think that's good English, but you know what I meant. In other words, we all in there somewhere. God became, God walked the earth and became human. So we could go back and take on, don't, don't, get, don't, don't throw anything at me, deity. You're the one that said you had Jesus in your heart, not me. He's either in there or he ain't. And if you have deity in you. There's more to you than they told you about. Satan hates this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop the bomb on you. Christmas is really about you. I want you to wake up tomorrow morning and when your little beady eyeballs open up, I want you to go. I ain't going to hell. Say, I found me a mediator. God sent me a mediator. Now, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. You know how bad I wanted to get on there and preach it. I mean, I just... Did you know that a lot of people have never heard this? I'm I'm not against eggnog. I'm not against popcorn on the tree. I'm not against gift giving and all the fun we're going to have. But it means nothing if you don't have peace. The Bible says we have peace with God. So I'm going to, I'm not going to call, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand and bow your head and all that. I'm just going to say this. If you're in here right this minute, I'm going to read a scripture to you. And you have never prayed a prayer. You're dead in sin. You are hopeless. That's why you say, my life is hell on earth. Honey, you hell on earth. Think about that for a minute. All hell ends when you get born again. You got to change kingdoms. Now, why am I saying this to you? Well, first of all, Christmas is a time for me to capture you the one of two times you come to church. 
which is Christmas and Easter. We know you are a CEO, Christmas and Easter only person. So that's the reason why we got to throw the net out there right now because we won't see you again until spring. A lot of stuff can happen between now and spring, baby. So I'm going to read a scripture to you, Romans 10. Don't you love God? I'm going to tell you something. I was really mad at the church when I got saved. I'm 22 years of age. Nobody ever told me about Jesus. And I went to church. I went forward once when the Spirit of God was on me and they gave me a box of tithe off my loaves. There was no altar call. There was nobody praying for anybody. And they told me to believe in God. I went, the devil believes in God. And so when I was 22 years and I found, 22 years of age, I got born again. November 16, 1975, I got, it was right before Christmas. One of the best Christmas on the earth when I got born again. The best gift I ever had. I got Jesus in my heart. Romans 10. Look at this. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I'm going to get everybody in this building right now. I'm going to tell you why. Because some of y'all, you ain't going to pray unless everybody prays with you. And you're worth it. I want you to say this. Say, Heavenly Father. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for coming. Walking the earth as a man. More than that, taking my place on that cross. I believe you died on that cross in my place. And you rose from the dead. And now I call you Lord. Thank you. I'm no longer hopeless. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. We're celebrating baby Jesus. And I'm going to tell you the things you have right now that are worth more than money. Right standing with God, peace with God, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, I got to close with my one Christmas story that I always talk about. The Grinch. My favorite part of the story is when the government came and took everything they had. Never mind, the Grinch came and stole everything they had. And the next morning when they woke up, there was no who pudding or who ham or whoever who. And every one of them walked outside, gathered, lifted their hands to God and began to worship God. Because what they had, you can't take it away. There's not a devil in hell that can take the joy of the Lord out of you. So, this is Christmas, and we're celebrating the gift he gave us. I want to say this to all of y'all. Thank you for allowing me to pastor you this year. And the ones you, this is the first time I've ever met you. Where have you been? Do yourself and your family a favor that when you're around the table tomorrow, stop and go over with your kids and your family what actually happened. When they laid that baby in that manger, that manger was a rock manger. It was the, the, the manger that they laid the lamb in that was to be slain, it was done in the spring. And when they were going out to get the lambs and find the perfect lamb, Mary brought her baby and laid it in the manger that was for the lamb that would die. That was the man. It wasn't wood. It was rock. But he was laid in the manger 
for his burial. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for this time of year. And when we sing Noel and Emmanuel, we'll stop and think about Job. He had no mediator, but we do. And he was born in a manger and walked the earth as a man and died on the cross to bridge the gap between lost man and a holy God. And we give you thanks for Christmas in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Matthew 121 says, She shall, the virgin shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's what the name Jesus means. That's what the name Yeshua means. Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. And it says, his name shall also be called Emmanuel, God with us. So if you prayed that prayer this morning, God is with you, not only with you, Jesus said in John 14 that he will be in you through the Holy Spirit. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I encourage you to tell someone, even if it's your family member that you're sitting with, hey, I prayed that prayer. Because Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. So at least turn around and say, hey, I prayed that prayer. I do believe Jesus died. As our altar workers are coming forward, I know there's always people sitting out there, and I know it's Christmas Eve, but my goodness, what's Christmas about? It's about Jesus. If you're here this morning and you want prayer for any other reason, or just to come up and say, I prayed that prayer, we have little books there just to explain what just happened to me. What happened to me? You became brand new inside. The Spirit of God came in you. And we have little books to help you understand what just happened. Now, your body didn't become new or your mind. You got to do something with that. But your spirit became full of light. That same light that's going to take you to heaven when you die. Amen. So if you want prayer for any other reason, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe. Not after you pray. When you pray, believe you receive it and you'll have it. And if two agree on earth as touching anything they ask, here's two here, here's two there. We're here to take time with you. We love every one of you. He said, my father will grant that request when two or three agree in faith. And so we're not rushing off this morning to go take a ham or a turkey out of the oven. We want to pray with you if you want prayer. And we love every one of you. Thank you so much for coming. We love you online. Thank you so much for attending this service. Merry Christmas to every one of you. Just please leave quietly. Resume talking. There's some snacks and refreshments in the foyer. Let some of those who do want prayer come forward. Amen.